Today, we're going to be continuing in our Remember When series. Uh, we're going to be learning how to progress in life uh, in ways that are sustainable and healthy. So hopefully that will uh, entice you or that's an encouragement to you to endure another bit of Zoom screen time uh, and maybe keep your attention away from the snow for just a little bit longer. Um, I was tempted to say, sermon's off, we're going to go and play in the snow, but... Um, I'm not sure that would have been welcomed by everyone, but uh, I will rush home to my daughters as soon as I can, I possibly can. But in the meantime, we've got uh, some business to do. God wants to speak to us this morning. He's been speaking to us this morning, and I hope that he, you have been hearing him as we've been gathered together. Uh, this is a representation, uh, a T-shirt. It's a thermal uh, undershirt um, and it's, uh, it always reminds me when I see a top like this uh, of a story a few years ago, well, quite a long time ago, actually now, but over 10 years ago, when I received a concussion. I don't know if you have uh, ever told you this story, probably partly due to the concussion, but I, um, I had trouble remembering anything. My short-term memory, well, I didn't really know what was going on. I, I'm told that I fell to the floor playing a football match and as someone ran past, they kneed me in the back of the head and then my chin hit the floor. So it was like a double, you know, knee to the back of the head, chin to the floor, double uh, head shake concussion event. Uh, but I got up and I was running around and not making much sense. And at half time, I was sort of walking around to all the other players and uh, sort of whispering, oh, you know, do you know what the score is? You know, what, what's going on? Because I, I just couldn't remember. I didn't know where I was, what was really happening. Uh, and things continued like that for several hours. Uh, and eventually my brothers had taken me to a Mount Vernon hospital and then across to uh, Watford General. And we were sitting in A&E and I was just beginning to be able to sort of grasp what was going on. And I said, I turned to Adam, my brother, and he had a T-shirt on like this. And I said, by the way, the 50s called, they want their T-shirt back, which I thought was hilarious. He uh, chuckled to himself, thanks, Dan. Um, it's nice to have a bit of live feedback. Um, he, he sort of chuckled to himself and said, yeah, that's the fifth time you've made that joke. Um, remembering is important, isn't it? It's important that we remember. Andy talked so well, reminded us so well about this last week that it's it's essential to remember the times that God has been faithful to us. And I don't know if you do this, but I like to look at old photos. You used to have to flick through albums. Now you go onto your computer and look at all the photos that you should have printed, uh, but haven't done yet. But around the sort of the time of our anniversary, Megan and I will often sort of sit down and watch parts of our, our wedding video or we'll look at sort of photos from that and we'll, we'll remind ourselves of that moment where we, we got married, where we exchanged vows, where something significant took place in our lives. That before that day and even before the sort of the moment that we exchanged vows and signed the register and had that wedding, we weren't married, and then we were married afterwards. Something significant had taken place. And that's why things like concussion and long-term effects of impact to the head, I don't know if you've read anything recently about the footballers who, from the past who've uh, got dementia and struggled with sort of mental health and brain injuries sort of later in life. 
That's why those things are so awful and why things like Alzheimer's, where people just can't remember their loved ones, are terrifying and terrible because remembering is important. As we reflect on our lives, key things stand out. As we reflect on our encounters with Jesus, key things stand out. And it's essential for us in moving forward in life to remember well. If you don't remember well when you're learning, you can't progress onto the next piece of information. If you can't hold in what you've already learned, if it just drifts away, then you can't progress onto the next piece. And for us to make healthy, sustainable progress in our lives as followers of Jesus, we need to remember well. And I say remember well because it's not just about remembering. It's easy to reminisce. It would be easy for Megan and I to reminisce about how great our wedding day was and then go and have a blazing row and be horrible to each other. But that's not what remembering is meant to do. Remembering well is meant to provoke you to act differently today. Ecclesiastes 7.10, a book of wisdom written in the Bible, says this, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. It's not about navel-gazing, about thinking, oh, wasn't it all much better back then, which would be very easy to do now, wouldn't it? Looking back on 2019, which I think people complained about 2019 in 2019, and were like, yeah, 2020's going to be great. Now we're thinking, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind a bit of 2019 again. But we need to remember well, because bad things happen when we don't. In the book of Judges, so this is uh, the people of Israel have taken possession of the land. Uh, and the story of Judges is basically this. They, they fo- are following God and things are going great. They become successful. They forget about God and things start to go wrong. They turn back to God. And, and it's that kind of repeated cycle again and again. And this is uh, the beginning of Judges 2. It says this, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel and all that generation were also gathered to their fathers. So Joshua's died. All the uh, people who were with Joshua have died. And it says this, then there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And then it goes on to say, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. When we don't have fresh encounters with God, when we don't remember the encounters that we've had previously, we can begin to abandon God and forget the goodness of God. We need to remember well. A generation rose up that didn't know God, didn't know the things that he'd done. And so how do we remember well? Well, we need to do a few things. The psalmist gives us some uh, pointers here. In Psalm uh, 16, it says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. We need to set the Lord always before us. In Psalm 1, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, 
nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law or instruction he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Set the Lord always before us, meditate on his instruction, on the word of God, day and night. Hebrews 12, which again, we're going to be preaching uh, through Hebrews later on in the year. But Hebrews 12 encourages us in the first six verses to, to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, to consider him who endured. And then it says, don't forget the, the encouragement you receive, the, the spurring on that you receive is as children as legitimate children that if you didn't receive uh, discipline from God you wouldn't be legitimate children he disciplines the ones he loves look to Jesus consider him remember so this morning and in our explore groups this week we're going to remind ourselves and we're going to try and remember well by asking and answering the question remember when Jesus Remember when Jesus transformed your life? Do you remember that moment that you surrendered yourself to him, that you said, you're my Lord and my saviour? Do you remember a time when you gave yourself again, I'm going to follow you more fully, God. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Come and transform my life, change my life. Take this from me. Because as I said, remembering well should provoke us. That as we look to the past, we should be encouraged to seek fresh encounters for today that we can remember tomorrow. It's not just about looking at what has been and going, wasn't it great when I first got saved and I really wanted to follow Jesus and I really wanted to tell people about the difference that he made. I was enthusiastic then. It's a shame that's, that's all gone now. No, looking at that should provoke us to go, why... What, what from then can I bring to now? What, what was God doing in my life that so spurred me on and made me so passionate? I want that for now because I want tomorrow to look back at today and go, yes, I can, it, God's still with me. Jesus is still working in me. Now, maybe you think, actually, you know, my story, I could look at it like this and say, I grew up, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in a Christian home. I sort of, the, the gospel was drip fed to me. I was sort of raised that way. And I had moments where I said, yeah, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. But actually, it was, it was pretty ordinary, really. It was just, you know, it was, it was the, the natural progression of my life. There, there could be a temptation to view it like that. And maybe that's your story. Or maybe you think I didn't have this dramatic conversion. I wasn't a wild sinner who suddenly and dramatically was transformed, actually, I, I studied the Bible, I asked some questions, and I realized I, I'm going to follow Jesus. Maybe that's your story, and you think it's a, it's a bit ordinary. Well, I just want to challenge you and say this, Jesus isn't ordinary. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the ruler of the universe is not ordinary. And your story is not ordinary. It's a spectacular moment where you were brought from death to life. 
my uh, college experience, I, I was in a college class or, or sort of a group uh, that was kind of based around football. So you trained for half a day and you studied for half a day. Um, half a day probably being generous on the study aspect of things. Uh, but it was a college class of all boys. And so there were about 60 of us. Uh, and we, because it was a new program at the time, we were sort of in a, in a high school uh, using some of their classrooms. And, uh, you know, there's 60 other, or 59 other boys that had that same experience as me. And it's sort of, you know, pretty normal, standard, ordinary thing. But looking back on that, I realized actually, I thank God for the fact that I was in that scenario because I realized that God protected me actually from making some really uh, silly decisions and mistakes as a, as a sort of late teens, early 20s man. The, sort of the, the circle that I was in was very sort of limited in terms of mistakes that I could make uh, in terms of sexual sin with uh, the other sex. And uh, so I was in a college with boys, all boys, and it was like, hang on. You know, there's not even a, the opportunity to sort of go off the rails here. I was pro protected and insulated. And I look back and I see God did that. That wasn't just a, a, an ordinary thing, but actually God was at work there. He protected me from, from those things. And maybe in your life, you can look back on a situation and you only realized afterwards what was going on. You look back and you go, oh, okay, th this was going on in my life. And actually, if I look back at it now, I can see God was at work there. When we look at the Gospels and our lives and the lives of those around us, we can see that whenever someone encounters Jesus, they are transformed. I didn't have distractions. I had the distraction of football, which was my one true love at the time when I was in college. But actually, God did something in my life then. He, he, as a young child, I'd sort of said I wanted to follow Jesus and I'd sort of hidden that away in my teenage years been distracted, as I say, by what became my true love football. And it was at college that I, I encountered Jesus in a fresh way, in a new way that he arrested my life, said, no, you're not going to pursue this. You're going you're to serve me for the rest of your life. It's only sometimes afterwards when we look back, we can see what God has done. These transformations, when we encounter Jesus, they happen there's, there's sort of three general categories that they, they fall into. Sometimes they're instantaneous, sometimes they're gradual, and sometimes they're reflective. They require us to look back and see, oh, God was at work. So we're just going to quickly look at those things in order to say, let, let's remind ourselves of the times that God has done this in our lives. Remember when Jesus did this in your life. The Gospels are full of instantaneous moments where someone encounters Jesus and their life is transformed. Jesus' ministry had so many moments like this that we're going to look at Mark 10 in a moment together where Jesus heals a blind man, blind Bartimaeus. But he, he had many miraculous healings where someone was instantly, their life was changed. In Luke 17, he meets a group of lepers and there's instant healing. When someone is raised from the dead, there's, a, there's a, a moment, an instant healing. Instant, dramatic encounter, transformation with Jesus. Let's look at Mark 10 together. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. I'll uh, read it out for you. Some of the verses will come up 
uh, no verses will come up, but this is a picture of, uh, of someone's representation of blind Bartimaeus. It's not actually him, obviously, um, but it's a representation of him. Dan's good. Dan's a good audience. Um, so this is Mark 10, verse 46. They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, this is Jesus, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Such a great question. What do you want me to do for you? A blind man coming to Jesus. And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. There's lots that we could take out of that story. But immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus. There are miraculous encounters. There are moments that can't be explained in human terms. And when that happens, that's a great opportunity for the gospel to be shared. When someone asked blind Bartimaeus why he was no longer called blind Bartimaeus, but just Bartimaeus, he could say, I met Jesus of Nazareth. He asked me what he could do for me. And I said, let me see again. And I recovered my sight. He healed me. An encounter with Jesus can instantly change your life. I don't know if that sounds appealing to you this morning, that your life can be transformed right now, this very day. We can experience a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, perhaps through a healing or a dramatic change in character or freedom from something. I think I've said this before, but when I started in that college course uh, within, I, I had, a, I don't know if I, I've ever said this before, but I was uh, well known for uh, my colourful use of language, shall we say, um, which was very much the environment that I was in. You know, everyone spoke like that, but it sort of seemed to really take hold in me. And I was, you know, uh, quite an aggressive player and that was all part of it. Um, when I encountered Jesus, something changed. When I re-encountered Jesus, something changed. And very quickly afterwards, someone remarked that, oh, you, you, you ne- I really like the, you know, your sort of, the way that you speak to people. You never use any foul language. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, two weeks ago I was. <laughs> so I don't know what you've been observing, but something had changed because I'd encountered Jesus. Now, it wasn't necessarily completely perfect instantaneously, but That's another story. The moment we experience salvation, that moment, whenever it was for you, we're encountering Jesus in a way that brings instantaneous change. You have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of light. Sometimes when we encounter Jesus, it's an instantaneous change. Sometimes it's a gradual transformation. It doesn't always happen in the blink of an eye. 
It can often take time and reflection. When it is that moment of instantaneous transformation, it's wonderful. It's joyous, isn't it? Because it's freedom. Oh, suddenly, I can see again. I can breathe again. I can, I, I can live in a way where I'm not trapped or bound by this thing. But that's not always the way it happens. And we can become disheartened if we don't recognize that actually sometimes God works on us and he's always working on us over a period of time. The book of Acts, when you read it, it's, I don't know if you've ever done this, try reading the, you know, particularly the beginning sections out loud. It's like, it's like an action movie. It's a, a bit of a blockbuster. This happened and they got healed and more people got saved and the church was persecuted, but they refused, they got thrown in jail and they were, miraculously they were free from jail and then someone gets stoned, but they're preaching the gospel even as they get stoned and, and then more people get thrown in jail and then they get broken out by angels and then the, the jailer gets saved and it, it's all of these amazing things. And you can read it and you can think, whoa. Actually, this is taking place. The book of Acts, there's no definitive timeline, but it's, it's taking place over, you know, probably about 30 years. This is the highlight reel. Now, we shouldn't be uh, dissuaded then from seeking those spectacular supernatural moments, but actually we should, we should seek those, but we should be aware that sometimes God does things over a period of time. Sometimes it takes a while for those things to happen. Maybe you think, I've never experienced a dramatic healing in my life. I've never experienced one of those pow moments. Even the way that I got saved was similar to me. I, I couldn't tell you the, the day or the, the hour where I became a follower of Jesus. I know that as a, a young child, I wanted to follow Jesus. I wanted to tell people about all that he'd done for them. And then there have been moments in my life where I've said, yeah, that's still true. That's still true. I sort of recommitted myself to that. But the good news is there are different kinds of encounter with Jesus and with God. Many people that Jesus spent time with, the disciples, he spent time with them. And even near the, sort of the end of his time on earth, he was exasperated by them saying, do you not get it yet? Do you not understand having spent a couple of years with them? We particularly now live in a generation and a time, a moment in history where we're the microwave people. We want instantaneous results. I've talked about this before, I think, but the, the training montage has sort of done us a disservice. It's done sort of probably many people in the, the fitness industry a, a disservice. We want instant results. But you can't get fit overnight. You can't go on run, one run or do one set of weights and suddenly, whoa, I've gone from, you know, keg to six pack abs in one fitness session. Keg, you know, like a big round barrel of a belly. Um, you can't do it. It doesn't work like that. Fitness takes time, takes discipline takes effort now you can do those things in a fun way you can make them as enjoyable as possible but you can't go from never having run before to running a marathon 
there's even an app you can get couch to 5k we've run it as a a course a few times in the in the spring where people go from not being able to run really to you know sitting on the couch sitting on the sofa to be able to run 5k that's it takes time it takes uh, effort and you, you can't just instantly have it but as i said we live in the training montage uh we've been fed on those if you've ever watched the rocky films particularly rocky 4 has one of the best uh, examples of this i think i've shown clips of it in the past but he goes from like you know he's i mean he's in great shape anyway so, you know he's rocky but he goes from sort of being there to suddenly he's ready and it's like months and months of training condensed into a, a six minute clip with you know inspiring music upon it uh, set in the background it doesn't work like that in real life there's no you, you can't condense it into a six minute clip unless you record yourself and then do that afterwards but you still have to put the six months in 2 corinthians three eighteen says this uh, the gradual process of being changed it says we all with unfailed unveiled face beholding the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another this comes from the lord who is the spirit we're being changed from one degree to another not for sometimes you do get a dramatic jump but it's daily regular progress one degree to another Sometimes our expectations, because we're fed this diet of instantaneous change, we can be disappointed. We can be dis disheartened after oh, I had this amazing encounter with God, but actually very little has changed still. I still feel like I'm having to sort of put some effort into this. But actually, if we reflect on what's gone before, if we look back, we can see what's taken place there's a, a story in luke 24 it is after jesus has uh, died and he's come back to life and he meets with his disciples but they don't realize it's him i don't know how this works but in jesus resurrection body there's there's something different about the way that he is able to appear as not himself in some way but that's one of those things we won't know uh, until it's revealed to us fully in the future when Jesus returns. But this is a story on the road to Emmaus, it's called. And uh, two of the disciples are traveling to a village and they're talking with each other about all the things that have gone on, about all the things that Jesus did and the fact that the body wasn't in the tomb and, and all of these things. And someone sort of comes alongside them and says, oh, what are you talking about? And they, they begin to to talk with this person who's Jesus and this person that's walking with them begins to describe all that says but surely you should have realized that that was going to happen from what it says in the bible what it says in the in the scriptures uh, and so it says they as they verse 28 of uh, Luke 24 as they drew near to the village that they were going Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord indeed has risen. 
as they reflected on this man who'd appeared and opened the scriptures to them, they said, yeah, did, did you not feel it within us? Was, there was something burning as he was, as he was telling us, this is what the scriptures mean and this is how it relates to Jesus. Something was happening there. But it's only as they reflected on it that they realized the benefit of all that had been explained to them. The disciples, after Jesus had been crucified, were downcast because of their expectations of Jesus. He was there, though, even though they didn't realize it. And it's interesting that as they broke bread together and as they as Jesus blessed it, which he said, do this in remembrance of me, that suddenly they remembered and their eyes were opened. They realized the magnitude of what had taken place as they'd traveled together several miles. So often it's only when we look back at situations, particularly difficult ones, that we, we see the power of Jesus' presence in our lives. We see that he was working even when we weren't aware. They say there's a saying that hindsight is 2020. I wonder what the hindsight on 2020 will be. Many of us, I'm sure, will have been disheartened by the events of last year. What a crazy year. But when we reflect on what God has done through that time, maybe not even now, but maybe in a year's time or five years' time, when we look back and go, what was, what was God doing there? We'll be able to look back and see this is what God has done. I know that there are, there are already things that have come out that people said, this is what you, know, you can see God has done. That the church, broadly speaking, has a, a fresh devotion to prayer. That the church, broadly speaking, is able to invade people's homes in a way that it hasn't done on this scale before. There are prayers that God has answered in many unexpected ways that we haven't realized yet. Are there encounters that you've had with God or gifts that he's given you that you haven't quite realized, oh, that's what he was doing? We need to remember, well, we need to reflect so that we can see how God has been transforming us over time. Don't allow disappointments to cloud what God has really done. Because when we reflect on it, all of us have stories of what God has done in our lives. We all have stories of where we've encountered Jesus. From the miraculous to the more mundane, from the, the brilliant to the maybe the boring. But actually Jesus, again, is not ordinary. And his encounters with you are not ordinary. They're shaping your life. So this week, we're going to remember when Jesus broke into our lives. We need to value those special instantaneous moments, dramatic moments, and we need to value the day-by-day -day presence of God. So as we go into a moment where you can respond in prayer, I just want to say just ahead of your Explore group this week, Think about, are there, are there stories in the Bible that particularly resonate with you? Those encounters of Jesus with people. Think about how you describe your first encounter with God. 
Have you even thought about that recently? What does it make you think about? What does it give you hope for in the future? Can you recognize the presence and power of Jesus at work in your life today? What is he working on in you? What area of holiness and conformity to the image of Christ has lockdown been testing you on? As a church, we should be sharing these stories and encouraging one another with, this is what God is doing in me. This is what he can do in you. So this morning, I want to invite you to respond in prayer. If you want to, you can, there's uh, breakout rooms that you can go into. If you want an, uh, an encounter with Jesus this morning, an instant, a moment of transformation, you can respond by uh, typing prayer into the chat. If you want the ability to uh, stay the course, to sort of be filled with the spirit and go, I, need, I know I need to just keep, keep on keeping on. I know I need to press on. Then you can respond and receive prayer this morning for that. If you think, actually, I know I don't reflect well. I just look at the past and I think, oh, wasn't it better then? Maybe you want God to give you a new vision to see how the past can impact today and prepare you for the future. You can respond in prayer there. If you've never encountered Jesus before, if you have never experienced that, that moment of transformation, then this morning you can respond to that. You can say, I know I've, I've, I've sort of been around, I've been in the crowd, but I've never encountered Jesus for myself. I, want, I know he's calling me to him. Like blind Bartimaeus was called forward. This morning, you can experience that for yourself. You can experience meeting Jesus and, uh, and him becoming your Lord and Savior. And if that's, you want to do that, then this morning, you can uh, type in the chat window or touch you uh, just to Christ first at uh, me. I'm going to pray for us and uh, then we're going to close the meeting in terms of the sermon. There'll be an opportunity to talk uh, in this main group, this main uh, meeting space while some others go out to prayer. We will be closing the meeting pretty promptly uh, because obviously uh, in, uh, Forge are going to be coming on a bit later. But let me pray for us as we finish. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are not ordinary. Far from it. You are mind-blowingly awesome. That you are the God-man. The one who has saved us from our sin. Who gave himself as a ransom for many. That you transform lives. That as we follow you, we can see you transform our lives and the lives of those around us. As we tell the stories of all that you've done, we can be caught up in your great story and look back and say, remember when Jesus did this? Well, guess what? He's going to do it again. He's going to do something even bigger and better. And so, Lord, we pray you would continue to be at work in our lives, that we would be keeping in step with you in the gradual transformation process that's taken, you're taking us through, that we would be transformed from one degree of glory to another, that we wouldn't despise the small gains, but we would be pleased with progress. 
And Lord, I pray we would remember and reflect well. We would look back on the past and be yeah, provoked to uh, encounters for today that will set us in good stead to remember these encounters in the future. I ask all this in Jesus' name and for your glory. 